you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the League Podcast. Movie will be opening in IMAX and 3D. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler... Greg Rosenthal, and wait, what? The man, <laughs> the myth, the legend—a body carved out of marble itself. Ridiculous. Kevin Patra coming at you. Wow. Hey, buddy. Wow. What up, boys? Thanks, Dan. The, s- <laughs> the smoke and the leotard and the is a little bit much. It is Kevin, much, but it's cool. Dan, Dan insisted. I, I might have over-exaggerated uh, Kevin's physique <laughs> now that he's in the flesh, but it's still nice. It's a, He's a well, well-built man. Yeah, Greg was very critical of Greg's physique a few shows ago. Greg, here you are, inches away from, <laughs> from your employee. Physique. Yeah. How would you assess his physical appearance? It's normal. He's a it's normal... normal. Uh, Guy in his thirty, in his twenties, oh, upper twenties, oh, upper twenties. Yeah, average. Upper 20s. Little. What are you talking about? What are you at? in Manhattan? How old are you? Twenty-nine. Yeah. There, there we go. go. How you doing, Kev? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. In studio, little, first time I in a while. I feel awkward now, though, to be honest. Why? After all well, that. Uh, oh, there was. It did get strange. Get, some of the build-up when you were listening. I'm sure. Yes. You've been objectified. Yeah. Well, Dan <laughs> likes to talk about how how we're all looking. I've noticed that. I mean, he he likes to make put you. On, on edge, make you feel a I should be flattered. At like least, put the pee on a pedestal. Me yeah. down. Dan may it's be deflecting person. from maybe our judgments about his uh, outrageously, <laughs> you know, your wardrobe, which is beyond critique, <laughs> and your physical appearance. That's what this has all been all about this whole time. Deflection. <laughs> deflection. The master and art of deflection. Very good show here. Very nice show with Kevin Patro with us. There's four of us. Uh, we're going to get Chris Wessling, of course. Our uh, man missing in action in Cincinnati through the end of the week, but we're going to get him on the horn to do some uh, some talk work. This is a term that they use in the industry. Not really. I made that up just now. But he's going to talk to us about uh, – uh, we're going to continue our preview of training camp. We did the AFC last week with Bucky Brooks. Uh, today we're going to do the NFC East and West, and that's when we'll have Wes involved. And uh, also – 
we're going to get into the news because I don't know about you guys, but today, Wednesday, feels to me like the first day where it is on. We are back to work. The NFL is alive and well. There was more news today than there seemed to be in the last three weeks combined. Oh, at least. There's more. There's going to be more news this week than the last three or four months combined. And if you're news junkies, which you probably are if you're listening to us or if you're us, you know, that's our jobs. It's much more fun to write about actual things than trying to make a story out of some bogus uh, comment in the middle of May. Or like the 45th saying. post about Eli Manning telling <laughs> exactly. us that his ankle yeah. is on the mend. Or, We've been barraged with real items. Or like the 50th post about Adrian Peterson ambling out of the backfield this <laughs> right. season as a major target. Will be North used Turner's in offense. space. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are signs, and you know, just to take you inside the bubble, you know, that you know things are changing. When I was leaving the office the other day, Marshall Falk pulled into the office. He got out of his car, gave me a dismissive look, but that just meant that Marshall Falk's back. He's, he's in the mix. He's got right. his game face on. Yep. <laughs> You know, whenever he's doing that. On. And then I, Charlie Casserly seated behind us on the phone today. Things talk, are Yeah, talking like a Roaring Twenties uh, newspaper man. <laughs> I mean, we, we made a whole news rundown for the show, and then it, it kept changing because the news kept changing. Yeah, so why don't we get into news, and we have to bring in the great TD, our producer. How are you, buddy? Mr. Black Tie. What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? How does this look? How does this foursome look? It looks pretty cool. With Patrick actually, involved. You know, Patrick being involved. Sure. Actually, it's funny. Me and Patrick are actually close in age, so mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's well, a you good like show. That? I like his body language, you know? Yeah. Ooh, up shirt. Authoritative. Yeah. TD cool is dude. a body language expert. Yeah. Uh, Button he's a bit shirt, weirded out in. about you, about, yeah. you know, of you guys right now. But he's is this because you can relate there. to his thoughts because yes. you're also in your late twenties or upper twenties? Do you 20s 20s feel established? like you can't relate to us because we're so old? No, today? not at all. I'm just I, saying. Yes, that's, that's, what he's that's exactly what he's saying. That's more of a connection. That's all it is. You know, <laughs> more of a bridge here. All right, whatever. Uh, let's do some news. No. Just kidding. <laughs> what was that? What was that? That was my man Caesar from uh, Planet of the Apes, oh, you know, the number yeah. one movie in America, two weeks running. So just give listen, a shout out to Listen, it can't all be home runs. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Summer choppers the short that hey, turned you know? into double plays. Yeah, I just I had to come up with something. Baseball so. analogy. Um, <laughs> all right, let's start. Let's get some news going. Jamal Charles. Uh, we are ready. Just speaking of what Greg was saying, how things were constantly changing downstairs in the newsroom. We were ready to talk about Jamal Charles heading toward a holdout or beginning a holdout with the Kansas City Chiefs. Instead, he will be at camp. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport broke the news Wednesday that the Kansas City Chiefs have struck a deal with their all-pro running back who is on his way to attend training camp, according to a source informed of the player situation. Uh, of course, Charles had signed a six-year, $28 million contract in 2010, but was due just $3.65 million in 2014. Far below market value for a player that was a huge part of that offense last season. Now he's in camp. I assume they took care of him, made him more representatively taken care of when, when judged against other running backs, and away we go. Yeah, and the, well, the details rolled in as we were actually just walking over here. It's $18.1 million in new money. And I think the reason, you know, the holdout, if that ever was, if ever, if there ever was that, lasted so briefly because the Chiefs knew all along this guy came to offseason – you know, practices and sessions. He was a good teammate, but he said, I'm going to hold out if I don't get a new deal. It was in the works. I guess the only thing that's weird, if you're, if you're on the Chiefs or you're a Chiefs fan, it's they continue to do nothing for Alex Smith. Well, teams talk with action, not with their press conferences. Justin Houston wants a new contract. Alex Smith wants a new contract. 
but they spoke here. Ch- Jamal Charles technically didn't really need a new contract. He was signed for a few more years. But he's the best player on and, their team. So and, give him a little love. Yeah, I was going to say, also, Alex Smith, they did something for Alex Smith. They gave him his greatest weapon and the guy that's the key to that offense. That's fair. I mean, he was an MVP candidate last season. Yeah, 35% of their offense going through him. And he'll get paid in the top five now of running backs after Adrian Peterson, LaShawn McCoy, Foster, D'Angelo Williams. These are names that he's better than, than most of these guys maybe save all day and McCoy. He's right in that discussion. He should be with them, and he should get paid with them. And I think the Chiefs knew that, and they had no choice but to give him the but money. It, but if you look at the fine print, they're not really giving him that much more. An extra $5 million over the next two years. So that's two and a half extra per year. I'll take it. At that point, he's going to be 29-year-old, and that's generally when running backs are in more of a year-to-year phase of their career. So it was a very fair deal. And it's good. Jamal Charles has been one of the most underrated players in the league for a while. Can you say real quick, like Marshawn Lynch, another guy that without him, the Seattle offense is completely different and in a vapid unit without him. He, he holds out and gets just a little bit more himself. It, it's, it's really strange hmm. how these guys are just not respected. But then all these teams want to become, we are the Bengals, and all these, we want to become Seattle's offense. So run heavy is in, but not paying the running backs is not. The difference is the Chiefs would stink without Jamal Absolutely. Charles. Right? I mean, they're offensive. 12 without him, maybe? They may may stink this year with him. (laughs) Right. Marshawn Lynch doesn't show up ever again. I think the Seahawks are fine. Well, he led them in passing, passing, uh, receiving yards, I'm sorry, and rushing yards. Right. What other player, no other player can do that. Right. Don't ever apologize, Kevin Patrick. I always apologize. You know, we we stumble constantly around these parts. (laughs) Hey, the number four overall pick in the 2013 NFL draft will not be available for the first four games of the 2014 season. The Philadelphia Eagles officially announced that offensive tackle Lane Johnson Mm. was suspended for violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing substances. I recognize that, that first sentence there. Why why you recognize that. it? Bang! That is a Greg Rosenthal post, which you could find, by the way, on NFL.com slash around the league. All the content you could ever hope for, including all the news that's going on. So you should read to be educated and uh, use it for your friends to be impressed by you. But yeah, so Lane Johnson out four games. We kind of saw this coming. We got word. There were reports of it weeks ago, and now it's official. I don't think it's a huge deal because they signed a very good backup, Alan Barber, to a contract extension this offseason. They clearly have faith in him. The rest of their offensive line has great continuity, might be the most talented group in the league. It's right tackle. It's four games. The Eagles, to me, it's not going to hurt them too much. I could think of a few teams with players awaiting suspensions where if, if the result uh, was four games, they would be nothing but smiles. You can, mm. you, can, you can get out of September without it costing you much. We've seen that before. I'm just kind of tired of the guys c- c- blaming an accidental uh, ingestion of whatever it is. Prescribed medication, he said. In his right. Some mythical explain. thing right. that was put down. <laughs> they don't check. At this point, everyone keeps getting suspended for the same thing. I didn't, I didn't check. Well, you'd think you'd know that. I just don't believe it anymore. So you want, you want someone to have in one of those statements released by the team – I totally tried to juice up with some awesome PEDs, well, but they got me. They got me. They tested me on the wrong bad. day. Just say, I, I messed up. I think the guys that are saying, I just I messed up, they're yeah. pretty much admitting that they tried. Would it be wise for league sources, yeah, I'm just saying this, to test Wesley upon his return from the netherworld, wherever mm. he's been lodged? I like working with Wes, so I would say no. 
Well, what about what about Patra here? I mean, Dan's always talking about how yeah. good he looked. I could, I, you know, I'm not pounding I, the table. I was anymore. hanging around Dion Jordan for a bit, so I'll I'll <laughs> a, I'll ask you, Kevin. All natural. Uh, all natural. Yes. Okay. All Nats. natural. So I, that's why I call shakes, him Nats. Protein shakes. You know, that's natural. Right? Kevin Big Nats Patra. Sidney Rice's NFL career has come to an abrupt conclusion. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported Wednesday that Rice has decided to retire due to concussion concerns, according to a source who has spoken with the wide receiver. Um, Rice is just 27 years old. He was a sa- salary cap casualty in February. Seahawks had brought him back in April, and he was going to be fighting for a roster spot and a role in that offense. Now no more Sidney Rice done with the NFL. Of all the news in the last 48 hours, this was the most surprising to me. Maybe it's not the biggest news, but a 27-year-old who just a couple years ago got a monster free agent deal, probably the worst contract of the Pete Carroll era. You know, maybe throwing Charlie Whitehurst as as an option there. 5 years, 41 million Oof. with the Seahawks in 2010 yes. after F, off the, his one good year which was with the Brett Favre in Minnesota in 2009. Well, and the problem is he ha- he's 27, but he has the lower body of a 47-year-old man. But they're saying this is good for concussions too, which is interesting cuz that, you know, he's coming off a torn ACL, but he's retiring cuz of concussions. To me, this is also, I mean, he might have just looked at the rest of the guys now on that team and said, I'm not going to make this team. Mm. Not with my injury history, not with what they're well, paying me. You're saying... Uh, I think I think that he decided that Wingstop was a better option for him. Wingstop? <laughs> He's, he opened a Wingstop. He's going to put all his uh, eggs in that the, Wingstop. That's a subpar Hot Wings I had never heard of it franchise. until today. Yes, it's located on Venice <laughs> in uh, Culver City. That is a shock. Maybe you know Sidney Rice read uh, an article that was produced on Around the League on Sunday called Six Veterans on the Bubble for Training Camp. You and Sidney Rice was on that list. Oh, so, Greg, you crushed his spirit and ended the <laughs> career of a promising yeah. young wide receiver. Exactly. Really cool. A few years ago, he was such a big part of that offense. You're right now. Paul Richardson, yeah, even Jermaine Kearse uh, as I, the fourth receiver. Baldwin. I was going to say, I was going to go the opposite route. I said, you got Percy Harvin, right. who we're going to assume is going to stay healthy, but he probably won't. After that, I'm not going crazy about that wide receiver group. I don't know if their offense is going to be uh, explosive this season at they all. They have learned, you know, to live without him. I mean, they, he really right. never was a centerpiece in that offense. He's been a guy that's just been a kind of a ghost for years. Vernon Davis has reported to San Francisco 49ers training camp. Uh, after skipping off-season practices in an attempt to leverage his absence into a new contract, Davis is at camp on Wednesday. Uh, the same cannot be said for Niners guard Alex Boone, who did not report to camp and is still uh, hoping to get a new deal himself. Himself, Obviously, the Niners have some things to take care of. You also have Michael Crabtree, who wants money. Um, this is all Niners business they're trying to work out, but they have Davis. They don't have Boone. One thing that I found interesting is Ian Rappaport reported that – I'm sorry, NFL Media Insider Thank you. Ian Rappaport. Yeah, show, show him respect reported and no lawsuits. That part of the reason that <laughs> – part of the reason that Davis showed up is because the 49ers only deal with people who are in the building. So he still wants his money, but he said, I'll do a good faith. Where Boone did the exact opposite, mm. and he's holding out. So, I mean, if they give Boone a contract, which we, we're not sure they will anyway, that's kind of counterintuitive what the message he, is to Vernon Davis show and up. Boone, and Boone, by the way, him. just followed most of us on, on Twitter. Twitter. And Absolutely. so I, I, I <laughs> hope that wasn't a ploy to try to get us to start to speak kindly about him. I'm, I'm he pulling for him. He 230,000 other people well, just for forget the about that. <laughs> I, I pull for him. I pull for uh, Tyrese. Who follows everyone on Twitter? Is it Tyrese? It's not that simple, Dan. You can't just be. Is it Tyrese out. that's following everyone on Twitter right now? 
at his Tay Diggs. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, TD, for filling me in on that. Tay Diggs, I'm, I'm, I'm in on him. Feel free to edit that whole part out. <laughs> <laughs> so we got, you know, I'm, I'm behind him. But Alex Boone is an important part of that line. He's played uh, 16 games both the last two years, started all the postseason games. They don't have a lot of depth there, but – We'll see. This could have some legs, though, because it doesn't sound like the Niners are going to play ball with him if he's not at the camp. If we're doing a winners and losers from early training camp, you know, losers would be people that are fans of holdouts, right? I mean, all we got right now is Alex Boone. Like, Charles yeah. is in. I don't think Andre Johnson's going to last. That swarming I'll, mass of football right, fans that cannot just, get enough holdout action. Right. I mean, if the best we can Those do right, are the worst. right now is Alex Boone, not too exciting. Uh, some bummer news out of Denver. Owner Pat Bolin is resigning control of the Broncos, acknowledging that he is suffering from Alzheimer's disease. Team president Joe Ellis will assume control of the organization as Bolin concentrates on his health. Uh, Bolin has been a wildly successful owner in the NFL since purchasing the team and saving it for bankruptcy in 1984. The Broncos have gone to the Super Bowl in six of 16 playoff appearances. Of course, won the Super Bowl in 97 and 98. So Pat Bolin out of the picture. And Joe Ellis and John Elway are running the show officially. Uh, well, Wesleyan wrote an outstanding piece on Bolin at around 2, uh, 12 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I, I latched on to football in the mid-'80s right when Bolin was coming to power in Denver. And, and I think most – Kevin Patra mo- uh, emerged from the womb yes, in that Yes, so, so when I say you guys, exactly right. you yeah. were not a guy at that point. You were a small boy. I was watching I wasn't He-Man. even a boy. A toddler. You're a zygote. Yeah, there it is, zygote. I will never forget, uh, you know, as a Browns fan, a Denver uh, did not do kind, thing, kind things to Cleveland's fan base. But Pat Bolin, always up in the press box with a flowing – fur shawl over his <laughs> shoulders, and sunglasses. He was definitely the coolest-looking owner. We often talk about who's today's most attractive owner. Hmm. We sometimes talk about that, not often. <laughs> Bolin, back in the day, might have qualified. Al Davis was you know, pretty cool before he, was he got like, older. Very influential, uh, very key in terms of like the TV deals. Mm-hmm. One of those owners that kind of came into the mix in the mid-'80s but was that new group of owners that started to take over the league. Unbelievably successful. Only the 49ers have won more games uh, since Boland's in there. And you just have to – all you need to know about Pat Boland and his impact was to watch Joe Ellis and John Elway speak about him today. Uh, John Elway was very emotional, crying – about it, and if you think how their those two men, their careers just side by side, he brought John Elway up as a player, and then he brings him back as an executive in the Arena League, and, and now it's a tough day for the organization. Rob Gronkowski is ready to practice. Patriots coach Bill Belichick announced Wednesday that the tight end has already been medically cleared to play and will avoid the physically unable to perform list. Here's a quote from Belichick: "Rob's always worked hard. He worked hard as a rookie. When he's here." What we've seen is he's been consistent. God, oh, brother. Uh, so NFL <laughs> media's Albert Breer had reported, of course, in June that Gronk was aiming for week one return from his ACL surgery. That's looking real good right now. Get excited. Put him in. Are it's you? not too late to adjust your top ten players in the NFL list that we did a month ago and put Gronk in there. Well, it is too late. We did it last month. That was over. That was June. But, uh, I mean, Brady's a totally different quarterback with with Gronkowski in that offense. Absolutely. As as I think Wes said in the piece he wrote this morning, another one that was like 3 a.m. this morning, uh, he's he's Aaron Rodgers when Gronk's there, and he's Andy Dalton when he's not. Stop with the Andy Dalton stuff. Uh, 
Okay. Offended. Well, statistically, I, mean, I think we were talking in terms of he, he terms absolutely of blows up when, when Gronk's in that lineup. And who else at this point, one year later, would you point to and say, that's your go-to guy when Gronk's not in there? Well, there is, there is one, Julian Edelman. That's a, that's a bad one. You're right. Of, of non-quarterbacks, I think he's the most valuable offensive player in the NFL when he's healthy. And this is a fascinating uh, little news, you know, news nugget for the future segment coming up for the Around the League podcast when we do our fantasy extravaganza where you, you're going to have Roto World studs like Chris Wessling and, of course, Greg Rosenthal. Mark Sessler will be involved as well, and I will be taking Die part in it. Die a slow death. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about what, what, where is Gronk now in the fantasy world? Is he a first-round pick? All that kind of fun stuff. You seem to take exception with oh, well, one of my I, I would argue that Megatron or J.J. Watt would be right up there with Gronk. Well, I said I, offensive, but okay, well, Megatron, Megatron would be the other logical one. But I said when healthy, yeah, I think Gronkowski adds more. You think he, he adds more than Megatron does? I do. Not yeah. to go down so, a wormhole. I mean, in terms you, of defensive coaches and changing what you do and you don't know if he's blocking and it just yeah, changes entirely, yes, I think Gronkowski How do you take point. Gronk with your number one pick if you're sitting fifth or sixth and then four weeks in he's gone like he is every season? You don't. You know what's crazy is that no is that one's a Sessler. It's, it is. It is just based on what history has told us. The guy oh, does not no. stay healthy. You know what history tells us? Oh. Well, the I worst. Type I, of it is you not categorically a prediction. We work at the NFL, Mark. You know, we want these players to stay healthy. This I is, just dispense some fantasy advice, on, much to the chagrin of Dan over here. I would not <laughs> gamble a high first-round pick on Gronk. He's pitching himself for that episode later. Uh, I know, he is. <laughs> All right, let's do some, speaking of Mark Sessler, let's do some Cleveland Browns talk. You are a factory of sadness! The Cleveland Browns don't yet know who their starting quarterback will be in week one. We do know that they have a timetable now to make that decision. Browns coach Mike Pettin told reporters at team headquarters on Monday that a starting QB will be named by the third week of the preseason and perhaps before that. Uh, this is from Pettin. A decision could be sooner, and that's something we're going to discuss in the meeting, a meeting, uh, of course, with uh, the quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator. It will be before the third season game. It will be before the third preseason game. I just don't have a date. Um, other news that came out of uh, Pettin's availability Josh Gordon will not be going anywhere. This will make Mark happy, who is uh, stating this case that there's no reason to cut ties with Gordon, who, of course, is facing a suspension and is coming off a DUI arrest. Uh, We're firm. We want to find that middle ground. Pettin said we want to do what's best for him. So two uh, big nuggets from Pettin on Monday. I mean, I guess Gordon's a no-brainer for me that you, there's no reason you're not paying him any money if he gets suspended. But secondly, the quarterback thing, I hate those announcements. Uh, for me, the takeaway might be that there is this internal feeling. There's a lot of room for either quarterback to win it, but Hoyer just, they're angling at him as sort of the safe guy to roll out in week one against Pittsburgh. Which is, he is. He is, yeah. in theory. I mean, we don't know that much about right. Hoyer. Do you think this announcement tells us something about which one starting? Right. I think he was asked the question, and he grew up in a Jets organization that used that week third, that third preseason game as a, well, not just the before. Jets, but, you know, a lot of teams like to have the, their quarterback in there for that third game. But yeah. I, I took it as Brian Hoyer has a slight advantage here. And I, I guess that's not even that, really going out on a limb because everything the Browns have said is that Hoyer has a real shot at this. And the, the way they put that to me is if they want to get this thing figured out, which, by the way, is exactly one month from today is the third preseason game. 
they they must have something in mind that they unless something changes they're going to go down a certain path. That's how I read it. I think Hoyer is the guy they want, and then Manziel coming in after. But we'll see. I think the timeline definitely tells you that because the more time Donnie Manziel has on the field, I think that's when we're going to see how he's going to formulate his season. But if he only has two two second half preseason games against backup backup defenses, that can't really tell us a whole lot of how he's going to play against a first-string offense Very in the regular season. Very small sample size like we talked but about the, with Brucky Brooks. But he also mentioned how you win the jobs in practice, and a month is a long time. You're practicing twice a day for a month, and you know we don't need to guess. Hoyer's going to start the first preseason game, assuming he's healthy, and they'll let Manziel start the second one. And, and then it'll come down, I believe, to Manziel having a great month in practice, and then in that second game, they'll probably let him start it, and if he happens to light the world on fire in that second game, then maybe he's a None start. of us will be shocked if Manziel's the week one starter, but it's, but it, th- this is an interesting Least development. Least of all, Chris Wesseling. Yeah. He's eating his softball pants if it's not <laughs> he happening. He should feel a little worried. I, I don't care what Wes says. He has to be internally very nervous at this point that this thing is 50-50 at best. Will Chris Wesseling <laughs> I mean, I'm nervous. I might have to find two ATL writers. uh, (laughs) He would die, almost certainly. Because think about it. It's metal, zipper. It's um, composite parts. It's polyester. Some elastic in there. Not good on the By the way, whatever dirt and soil it's been bathed in on the plain field or whatever harmful chemicals it's been washed. Yes, Mm, not a good situation. Also, uh, one more item on the Browns. Mike Pettin also told reporters on Monday that he did speak with Johnny Manziel about his, as Mark puts it in his ATL post, quote, string of off-season adventures. And uh, Pettin specifically pointed to a photo of Manziel rolling a $20 bill at a bathroom sink and discussed that. And here's a quote. I don't want to get into a public discussion of, of every picture that comes out, but I talked to him about it. I don't want to get into a public discussion about this one because I want to keep my job. <laughs> Let's add, uh, hey, listen, he talked about it. so You want to add another uh, Browns nugget that I just saw pop up here? And Tasty. I'll give a little plug. Mark Sessler and team have been doing a PUP tracker. Who's not ready hubba, for the start hubba. at training camp and the non-football injury list? Terrence West of the Cleveland Browns not ready for training camp. So that gives a little leg up to Ben Tate. A little bit of a surprise. Uh, you have a hot take, by the way, TD? I do, actually. Speaking of nuggets, guess what uh, Sidney Rice is getting into now that he's done with his football? What? Wingstop. Ooh, this is awkward. <laughs> Clearly, awkward. TD was not listening to us we talk about this. Wingstop in le- at length. That is <laughs> devastating. At, at length. So we are even okay, Steven uh, for the Tyrese <laughs> thing now. <laughs> No, no. Dan even gave the address <laughs> the local one. What I like also is that came a good 14 minutes after yeah. the Sydney Rice feel, feel free to edit Just that out too, but don't really because I love it. No, it's, it's got to stay. <laughs> All right. My question was. Oh, okay. You're going to stick with this. power through. If you guys are going to start off uh, a chain. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. What chain would that be? What's your favorite like fast food slash wing spot? I'd go Popeye's. Never disappointed going to Popeye's. Fried chicken always makes me happy. Mm. Popeyes. I'd go bottled water and wine. <laughs> I would also invest in Sessler's bottled water and wine factory. Mine would have to be a Thai, Thai, Thai place. Mm. Oh, yeah, Thai guys. Yeah. I like that. There's no okay. Thai. Oh, you, you're going to create your yes. own one. Oh, I, would be, I was just going to get a franchise. I would be, it's simpler. I would actually open a good pizzeria in California and then watch the revenue pour in. Because the pizza here is terrible. Not bad. Finally. <laughs> Thanks, Kriegel. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when I'm playing stickball on the stoop, you know. You know. 
I don't know what just <laughs> happened. By the way, finally, one last news item. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic had his first number one album ever. Number one on the Billboard charts. Mandatory fun. As I walk through the this is my favorite Weird Al song. Amish Paradise. Favorite Weird Al song. It is a good one. You know I shun fancy things like electricity. Nobody has one? No. I'm trying to think Eat of it some. like a surgeon. Smells like Nirvana. White Nerdy. Word Crimes. Nothing. I did like the word climbs. When I was think new. "Eat It" was when I first, when Weird Al first hit my radar big time. And that, that was a long time ago. Yes, it was. <laughs> Number one. That's that's durability. I do remember listening Peyton to Manning Amish Paradise durability. on the roller rink, holding a girl's hand, going around. Wow, really? yeah. you were on a roller rink, yeah. holding hands. You didn't, you didn't have those in grade school. Yeah, we might have. Uh, Weird we had, Al, Amish Paradise was the yeah, romantic was, song was, that you did. Well, it to? we just held hands the whole time, man. You gotta, I love it. We hate. actually had don't a hate. roller rink slash. Laser tag. Oh. So, yeah, we had one. You know what? At the '90s were a strange place, kids. If you if you missed it, laser <laughs> tag was. Imagine that huge. as like a fun thing. Oh, hey, let's go do the roller rink uh, laser tag place tonight. Sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds it was for some reason the combination, and then the a arcade. It was like a yeah. Oh, that's my future. All right, so <laughs> let's move on, gentlemen. That's what's happening. Guys, you know what else is cool? Yes. Jamar Charles, new contract. Oh. <laughs> Cutting edge Call analysis back. from producer not listening to the show. <laughs> Come on, player. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, <laughs> that's awesome. Let's move forward to our uh, training camp preview series. We did the AFC, as I said earlier, with Bucky Brooks. Now we're going to get to the NFC. We're going to split it into two parts, two divisions on Wednesday show. We'll be back, as we said, we're back to three shows a week. Uh, on Thursday's show, we're going to do two more divisions. So let's start with the NFC East. And uh, Mark Sessler, you wrote up the piece uh, on NFL.com slash, what is it? Training camp preview? What's the Vanity Earl? You're going to have to just start learning these. I, I can't just be your crush. Did I get that right, <laughs> though? Training camp previews. Pay attention. <laughs> is that correct, though? Yeah. Okay, good. So you could read all the training camp previews there. Uh, Mark, you wrote on the NFC East, so why don't we start with the Dallas Cowboys. Three things to watch. Throw one at us. I think for me, you know, that defense was such a disaster last year. You've got a secondary that's vastly overpaid when you look at what Brandon Carr did. And uh, Sean Lee out for the year. How do you fill in these spots? How do you – I mean, I guess for him, they look at at, uh, Justin Duran as the guy – right out of the gate in the summer, but that's an uninspiring veteran who can't do anything like Lee can in terms of pass coverage from the middle of the field. What? How do you solve these problems heading into the season? Dallas is, is no better on defense. No, and they talk about how Rod Marinello is going to come in and he's getting the defense in ship shape. They're running the same defense, and the reason they were terrible last year was – not wholly because of the scheme. It was because their players were terrible, and they have the same terrible right. players, minus their best one. So I don't see getting any better on the defense. So, someone that covers the Cowboys closely, Todd Archer, who, who I like a lot as a writer, said that Barry Church, and he wasn't trying to make a joke, he said Barry Church right now is the most reliable player on the defense. He's the, be- he's the best player on the defense. You're not going anywhere with Barry Church as the best player on Thanks. your defense. I mean, it's a disaster. I don't know what the coaching can do. Like, it can help, but maybe Monty Kiffin got blamed a little too much. It's more on the personnel. The only other thing, I mean, you know, Dallas is one of the tougher teams to find position battles for all over the place because they haven't seen as much change. But Tony Romo, back injury, we assume he's healthy. But that team, I think the the win-loss total is an absolute huge swing if suddenly he's not available. They are potentially a 2-3 win team 
if you replace Tony Romo with Brandon Whedon. Do we agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that would be the, the camp battle to watch. Is Brandon Whedon going to be the backup? And if he is, what happens when Tony Romo's back acts up? We hope that doesn't happen. But they are, they've left themselves vulnerable. Greg, you were, we were talking about downstairs in the newsroom who had the worst backup situation. You seem to think that Whedon <laughs> is not the worst backup. No. Well, I thought the challenge, it really comes down to Chicago, which has a Jordan Palmer, Jimmy Clausen face-off. Rough. And what was the other option? You picked Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah. yeah. I think that's pretty bad. Thad Lewis and Jeff Toole. I'm taking Whedon over either of those guys. Whedon's had some okay moments. Whedon was okay as a rookie. Give me a break. And by the way, uh, Cesar, we're even (laughs) for uh, my fantasy needle on you because you referenced my 4,000-yard, 30-touchdown Brandon Whedon prediction from last summer here. I did not mention you by name to keep your dignity intact, but that was (laughs) a low point in terms of podcast predictions. I would say that's probably accurate. How about the New York Giants? For me with the Giants, you know, they, they went out and they got Rashad Jennings, who you know, he's never blown the doors off, and he's never really carried the load for a team season long. But that's what, in theory, they thought he could do with David Wilson, maybe out for the year. But then suddenly David Wilson is back, and you've also got Andre Williams. And there have been reports saying that this may be a three-headed backfield, that what they're trying to do is keep Jennings fresh and healthy for later parts of games. That tells me you don't have one guy that can do it, but Wilson makes this an intriguing backfield. What you didn't even mention, your boy, the former uh, Madden cover boy. See, I think that the greatest Payton thing the, the Giants done, have, what they've done is paved uh, the road to not have to put that plotting disaster out on the field. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. What? I, listen. Well, did you just plotting call a, another human being a plotting disaster? Well, he was. That's that it. was how you go 0-6 in New York is to have that be your lead That's skill position mean. out of the backfield. Skip, skip the other. You are a factory of sadness. Skip the other six teams. It's over. <laughs> Sessler just ended the podcast. That might have been one. the cruelest thing we've ever said about any player on this podcast before. Yeah. We I, see about each other all the time, but that's bad. You, all three of you disagree with me. No. Somebody did say I don't think he's great at football. I'll say that. That he had, was running like he had an ice sled on his back. So I don't <laughs> yeah, know that, that what Sessler said was that. Terrible. Um, any other things to watch out of New York? Not a single thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles and the mastermind, Chip Kelly, who wow. probably has something planned where maybe guys are on those discs and they're floating and they're wearing long gray garbs and – he has something figured out because he's ahead of the game. I, for me, the Eagles question, and it's going to be hard to know this. Some of these, you know, as Greg always points out, it's hard to know in training camp and preseason how this is going to shake out. But you remove a guy like Deshaun Jackson, and you have Jordan Matthews, who's potentially going to start as a slot receiver, at least see a lot of action. You've got Darren Sproles, and they think a lot of Zach Ertz. I want to see just how the offense changes, but how you make up for the production of a Jackson who's now gone. Hmm. Yeah, I'd, Matthews has got so much hype. I tend not to pay too much attention to veterans. But rookies, this is where they earn their playing time. Jordan Matthews has a big preseason, a big training camp. He's going to be on the field a lot. If he's not ready for it, we'll start hearing about it every day because he is that guy that the, the writers are going to be talking about each day. I'm actually interested to see what Mark Sanchez is looking on yeah. Chip Kelly. I think that's going to be a good gauge of how good a coach they ha- uh, Chip Kelly is and, and how good that offense is. If he makes Mark Sanchez look like a good quarterback in the preseason, boom. That's a great backup quarterback battle. Barkley versus Sanchez. By the way, there, there, is a, there is a nightmare, an ultimate nightmare scenario in my brain where Chip Kelly, the great and untouchable Chip Kelly. It's a new sound drop from TD. Um, 
takes Mark Sanchez under his big, beefy wing, <laughs> teaches him how to be a quarterback. Nick Foles abruptly retires. Mark Sanchez leads the Eagles to the Super Bowl. I probably kill myself if that happens. <laughs> Something to really go to heaven. And then every coach is using um, remote control cars on the field after that. And then that happens, yes. Uh, anything else with the Eagles, Mark? Let's move on. <laughs> You're really looking <laughs> to boom, plow boom, through boom. this, Sessler. Finally, the Washington Redskins. This is one where, for me, I'm looking more at one. I want to see how one player has grown from what we saw last season, more so than position battles. Redskins defense is another real ugly, ugly unit. But RG3, you know, we all this hype about him being the comeback player of the year, which I don't think is hype. I think it's a fair estimation. Chris Wessling has all but guaranteed it. He has guaranteed it, but I think he's done that because we had no read of who RG3 was last season. He wasn't the same guy. Gruden was brought in, I think, to make him a more complete quarterback, not just a running quarterback, but Gruden's talked about a playbook that's going to merge what Kyle Shanahan did with him in terms of pistol and on the ground a little bit and Gruden's West Coast stuff. Really, though, is Gruden, we want to see if RG3 can do it from the pocket. Right, and there's not a lot of spots open on this offense. I mean, it's so stacked. Andre Roberts is going to be their third receiver. Garcon Jackson, Santana Moss is trying to keep his NFL career going, but you Man. can kind of – Roll out this starting group right now. I don't know who's going to stop them in Great. the NFC East. I typically don't buy into uh, getting too invested in preseason games, but I will be interested to see how they even use RG3 just as a, a test ground to see if he's, they're going to have him roll out a lot and see how he's moving without that brace on now. It should be interesting to see. This is more of a regular season thing, but I do want to see how this combination works out. Jim Hazlitt right. still coaching the defense with this combination of characters. D'Angelo Hall, Brandon Merriweather, Ryan Clark, Tracy Porter, Bakari Rambo, EJ. B- that's an awful secondary. It is terrible. <laughs> that's that's ugly. It's, it's great. And they can't. They couldn't tackle last year either. I, and, but I wonder if Jim Haslett's going to change it. If he convinced Jay Gruden, one reason he stays that he's going to do something different now that Mike Shanahan and his iron fist isn't hanging over him the whole time. I think it's just that they they work together. Yeah, before. it feels like someone owed someone a favor. Well, has yeah, Haslett worked for him in uh, the Arena League. They go back, <laughs> way back. All right, now we're going to get him on the line. Let's get the great Chris Wessling, the mailman, to talk about our NFC West training camp preview. He wrote it up on our website, and now here he is from Cincinnati. Wes from Cincinnati. Hey, guys. What's up, buddy boy? Not much. How you doing, man? How is everything going? How you feeling? You just wake up. It's been a lot of well, days I'm... in a row over there. Yeah, I'm about ready to get a nap in. Uh, Wes, very busy man this morning writing around the league content and I'm sure he's going to meet up with some some Ohio friends later to continue his homecoming is that about accurate? Yes, it is (laughs) Alright, so we're not going to keep you too long you need your nap, you need to power up Uh, let's talk about the NFC West and we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals what's something big to watch out of Arizona? I think John Brown, rookie wide receiver Mark wrote about him a couple of times early in the offseason. Bruce Arians seems to love him, compared him to T.Y. Hilton. So I think maybe see if he can push Tech in for that number three receiver job and what exactly his role will be. Do we buy the hype? I mean, is it easy to make that kind of a transition this early, or is this someone that maybe comes on later in the year? Well, they also have other guys that are there. Ted Ginn Jr., they just signed. They use Ellington out of the backfield a lot. Of course, you have Floyd and uh, Fitzgerald. So there's a lot there are a lot of targets in that offense. I would say if I'm playing fantasy football, I'm not buying the hype. Mm. Smart. 
Arian, Bruce Arians, though, is getting to that point where we just sort of figure that he'll make magic where other coaches wouldn't. Like, normally, John Brown, I don't think, would be getting this hype, but you just look at what Arians has done lately and T.Y. Hilton, and you start thinking, all right, maybe, maybe it's legit. How about the offensive line, West? Do you think uh, they're going to figure out a, a team that's going to keep Carson Palmer clean and they'll be improved from last season? Well, I think the left side will be much better. Jared Valdez is an above-average left tackle, and uh, Jonathan Cooper last year's first-round pick is slated for left guard. Questions are right tackle and, and right guard, where both positions are kind of up in the air this year. Jared Valdir, by the way, looks like a outrageously pumped-up cartoon character. I mean, have you seen? Hmm. Have you seen? You you go around saying that Patra is hmm. cut out of stone, and, he is. and and that's not entirely Sneaky. untrue. Uh, it's a small stone. Yeah. Veld here is. I mean, Wesley, we saw that photo last week. Yeah, there's a photo floating around the internet where somebody basically colored in Veldir green to make him look like the Incredible Hulk. It's <laughs> funny. All right, so uh, Veldir's body doesn't quit. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, obviously, a team that seems you know pretty well set. Uh, but what do we? What can we see in training camp? Well, we know now that Vernon Davis has shown up. Uh, I guess the next question is what's going to happen with Alex Boone? The right guard who is uh, looking for a new contract. Do you think they cave on him? Like, I can't see them making Alex Boone a priority when you have Vernon Davis. You just gave all that money to Kaepernick. If you're going to pay an offensive lineman, to me it makes more sense to go with Iapati. You already paid Joe Staley. This is a rare training camp holdout where there's not a logical ending other than Boone just caving in and showing up, you know, a week before the season starts. Yeah, Vernon Davis mentioned today that he showed up because uh, the 49ers have a policy of not negotiating with anybody who's holding out. So why would they do that for Alex Boone? I don't know. That that would surprise me. That is a great point. Uh, let me let me ask you this, Wes, before we move on to the uh, Seahawks. Marcus Lattimore, September 1st, on or off the roster? Hmm. Oh, I think he'll be on the roster. On the Coming active back roster? Coming the knee injury. September 1st? Yeah, let's say on the active roster, yeah. Did he open up training camp on PUP? He, he is on PUP to start it out or non-football injury list, so he's still not ready to, to practice fully. But that we, you know, we both know that's not a huge deal to start camp. Well, it does give them the option of keeping him on there to start the season. Right. Wes. So I, I'll change my answer and say no. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, this is just a hunch, and I have no idea if it's true or not, but are you laying on a waterbed right now? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I, I like I that idea. He waterbed. sounds a little wistful. Uh, yeah, I, I picture him on a waterbed in the round with the leopard print bedspread, you know, just with like a, a nice phone and just going You've to town. You've gone beyond where I went visually, but <laughs> I think you're, uh, you're confusing me with Eartha Kitt in Boomerang. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Boomerang reference. Nice. <laughs> Underrated movie. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> How many brothers are within a five-mile radius of you, Chris, right now? At the moment? Yeah. Uh, I would say three. Okay. That's not too many. But seven overall. Six overall, right? Six overall, yeah. Okay. Frisky. By the way, the first <laughs> listener to tweet at me or ATL the name of Iman's perfume in Boomerang gets Brenda Warner's uh, autobiography. Just oh, nice. I like that. I thought you were going to say anyone that can name all seven <laughs> I know, Wesleyan that's I boys gets a prize. Well, that's another one. And by the way, I cannot 
uh, pronounce the name of that, uh, or I cannot say that perfume on a podcast airwaves. All right, let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks. What jumps out to you about the Seattle Seahawks? Well, I guess if we were waiting for Vernon Davis and Alex Boone contract situations, Marshawn Lynch, does he open up that can of worms again and start begging for a new contract? Hmm. Do you think there's any chance like he leaves camp or he doesn't show up? or I don't know if that's going to be a major factor. It seems like whenever Ian, NFL uh, media insider Ian Rappaport, <laughs> yes. talks important. about Marshawn Lynch, he hints strongly that Lynch is so unpredictable that nothing would surprise him. Mm, that's true. Hey, how about Sidney Rice? He has announced his retirement, and, or he's announcing his re- retirement. How do you think the wide receiver group now shakes out with him out of the mix? Well, I think Percy Harvin and Doug Baldwin are locked into major rules. And then second-round pick Paul Richardson maybe is a wild card there, especially with Rice out of the picture. A lot of people very high on Richardson. It's kind of – I think Curse is an interesting receiver as well. It's a good point that it feels like everyone is just assuming this second-round pick Richardson is going to step in right away and have a factor. What is the hit rate – on second round wide receivers. And then what is the hit rate during their rookie year? It has to be what? 30, 40% of guys go over 500, 600 yards. It's not. Apparently often. you've never watched Muhammad Masakwa's handiwork. <laughs> <laughs> Masakwa pop. Maybe well, just... yeah, I think, I think Richardson is planning on contributing mostly on special teams. I wonder if, if Rice's retirement changes that a little bit. We'll see. And finally, the St. Louis Rams. I'm curious what your thoughts are, Wes, about the running back situation. Is Zach Stacy going to be their primary guy? Or what are, this is one of those storylines that popped up throughout the offseason that we don't know whether to make, uh, whether it was fluff or the real deal. How do you think this is going to play out? I think that whole competition thing is mostly coach speak that Stacy is the early down back. And then Jeff Fisher has called Trey Mason a change of pace back. And uh, Benny Cunningham, I guess we shouldn't forget about him, but I don't expect him to be fighting Zach Stacy for the for the starting job. And Wes, uh, Coach Jeff Fisher said no doubt whatsoever that Sam Bradford will be ready for Week One. Uh, is that a positive no no doubt whatsoever or a negative no doubt whatsoever? <laughs> <laughs> well, considering the options on the roster, I'd say that's positive, but um, I don't know how positive it is for Rams fans that they're going to see him all season. He got Sean Hill there. Now, how about the big Sean Hill-Austin Davis battle? I guess that's not a battle. I guess it's <laughs> no. just Sean Hill. Get excited. You Get know your what? tickets ready. That, that made me think the Seahawks do have a pretty fun backup quarterback battle. Not to go back to Seattle, but Terrell Pryor, Tavares Jackson. That's pretty, spi- that's pretty spicy. I'd take that over the Eagles. We should do a post just backup quarterback power rankings in terms of competitions. Chris Wessling, you won't have to write that because you're taking a nap <laughs> and then you're hitting the town and tearing it apart. Painting the town red. All right. I like it, buddy. See you soon, all right? All right. All right. That does it for another edition of the Around the League podcast. We'll be back Friday with another show, so tune in for that. Uh, We're going to keep it going three times a week now. We're going to have news, analysis, a little bit of mirth, Mark. That would be my hope. (laughs) It's the recipe. Always. So, yeah, stay tuned for that, and then uh, we'll check in and see if Wes is still alive. It'll be an important show, and uh, we're going to move forward, so be there for that. This is Dan Hansa signing off for The Sizzler, The Boss, Kevin Patrick coming at you, The Mailman, and T.D. Until then.
As soon as you started it, I'm like, he's going to say Wingstop. I was like, please say Wingstop, please say Wingstop. You were so excited about that little nugget. I am like three times, like, don't forget, I wanted to get my one take. I want to get a hot take. I want to get a hot take. I had a quote ready to go, you know? That's hilarious. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.